So with the nagging of my fiance, I've decided to post this story here. It's probably one of the scariest things that's happened to me during my 40 years on this planet. I live with my fiance and my youngest brother who works in law enforcement. This will be semi-relevant to the story. We live in a smallish town outside Las Vegas. We don't have much crime for being close to Vegas, but we do have some, and we have no shortage of tweakers and a growing population of homeless folk. Last summer, I was in between jobs and spent a good deal of time at the public library or at my father's business office using the free Wi-Fi to browse jobs. It was around 4 in the afternoon when I returned home. We have a dog named Sookie. She's a bull terrier, cattle dog mix. She's wary of strangers and a literal terrorist shit, so it makes her the perfect watchdog. Anyway, it's hot as I live in Satan's butthole and I'm sweating profusely. So I run a bath, turn on Spotify, grab a magazine, and lock myself in the bathroom. Dago is outside the bathroom door, whining because the big idiot hates water, but somehow likes dropping her toys in the water. Anyway, I'm mid-bath, and I hear my dog losing her shit. Then, I hear her run upstairs, and I hear somebody go, Oh shit! And I freeze. I'm naked as a jaybird. I have no weapons as my brother's lockbox with his Glock is upstairs. And my dog is upstairs fighting off an intruder. I grab my phone as I hear the intruder yelling at my dog, who is, I'm sure, tearing into him. I dial 911 and scream I'm calling the cops. Cue him cursing and I'm sure trying to pry 55 pounds of crazy fucking dog off of him. Somehow, he gets away and runs out the back door. My dog tears after him, and as I talk to the dispatcher, I throw on some clothes to run downstairs. My dog comes back inside, prouder than shit, strutting around. I lock her in my brother's bedroom, as the cops have shown up, and I don't need her biting one of them. Apparently, my neighbor heard the barking and caught the guy. He's 125 pounds soaking wet, no shirt, and covered in dog bites and meth scars. He found our fake rock, which held the key to our house, and let himself inside. He was taken off, and the cops told me not to use a fake rock. Well, no shit, I figured that one out. Doggo was fed a delicious steak, and I spent the next few weeks terrified that some tweaker was going to break in. We now keep two guns locked up, one upstairs, and one downstairs. This is a fresh story as it happened yesterday. So I was on my way back home from the city center, 9 to 10 p.m., and I had a sandwich with me. I have to take this bus to get home with maybe 16 stops until it's mine, which is not a busy stop. Usually only me and sometimes one more person gets off there. 
I got on the bus at the back door, and the minute I sat down, this drunk guy comes to me and asks if I speak Hungarian. There are relatively a lot of beggars out here, so I'm not surprised. I say no, which was a lie, in order to avoid further conversation. He then starts speaking to me in English and asks if I can give him some money for food. I say, no, I haven't got any Hungarian currency on me right now. Again, a lie because I wanted to eat my damn sandwich. This guy then proceeds to signal me to give him a piece of my sandwich and almost breaks a piece of my sandwich. So I say to him, Sorry dude, no offense, but I just want to eat my sandwich. And at first, he seems pretty chill about it. But this is when it gets interesting. He sits back on his seat, three seats behind me, and I notice that he's not alone. He is with two equally drunk gentlemen, and the bus now closes its doors and starts. As I'm eating my sandwich, I hear these guys talking shit about me in Hungarian, assuming that I don't understand it. They would say shit like, Man, this dickhead won't give me a piece of his sandwich? What a prick! Man, I would so bash his head in with the glass. I'm so angry! I hear them agree on getting down at my stop so they could beat me up. I've never had to deal with a situation like this, so I start to think and come to the conclusion that my best option is to get down at my stop and run home like hell on a different route because I can easily outrun three 30-year-old drunk guys. Meanwhile, because I'm so focused on what to do, I don't even touch the rest of my sandwich, which is about a quarter of it remaining. This got them even angrier. Hey man, he didn't even finish his sandwich. I bet he gets home and throws it in the trash. Then, one of them said he murdered someone in his dream. The other one says he's dreamt the same thing, and this is not a coincidence. I'm sure they're not these barbaric assholes, but maybe I was wrong. I hear them discussing my height, weight, and buffness, and agree that they can take me easy three on one. At this point, I'm sweating and thinking about other options, because my stop is coming up. We're heading into the suburbs, and the bus is starting to get empty. Then, I realized I can pretend that I get off somewhere, and hope they get off as well. So I decided to do that. At the last relatively busy stop, before my stop, I stood up, and went to the front door, where four other people stood waiting to get off. The bus stops, and I start to go towards the door, but stop when they can't see me. Surprise, surprise, they got off. The guy starts walking to my door calmly, because there were other people at the stop. But when he got to my door, luckily, it closed. I think this could have gone so much more worse, and I was lucky to get the best case scenario. So crazy drunk guys on the bus, let's not meet. P.S. 
I ate the rest of the sandwich at home. So I met this friend online the summer before my junior year of high school. I was 16, and his name was Flip. We clicked pretty instantly. Our senses of humor matched up, and I felt like we were really good friends. But I never really held romantic feelings for him. Also, I was in a relationship. When I was 16, he was 19. I could tell he had romantic feelings, and he let me know six months into our friendship that he loved me. We didn't really have a stable friendship, as he flipped out a lot and would go extended amounts of time without talking to me. He told me it was because he couldn't bear to talk to me, knowing we can't be together, because I was dating someone else. But I now know that it was more of a control thing, and he wanted to stop talking to me to make me feel like I'm missing something. He really hated women. Really, really disliked women and felt like most are just whores. He told me he felt like I was different. That I was the only true woman he's ever met. Really, really red flag shit. I was young and didn't really think much of it. Our friendship was only online. Eye messaging and FaceTiming. Now when he went on these tangents where he would abruptly stop talking to me, he would go on Twitter and make offensive demonizing tweets about me to people. Like awful stuff. When he came back, I pretty much ignored all his posts because he would go back to being funny and nice. So he also had a habit of lashing out at people taking revenge on people and just making people feel like shit for fun another red flag but I thought I was special and that he really cared about me and would never do anything like that to me I remember leading up to my 18th birthday him being 21 now he said when you're 18 you're sending me nudes you don't get to say no I brushed it off because I knew I wouldn't but yeah, notice that there's this element about him wanting to dominate. Anyway, fast forward two years later, I'm now 18 and a freshman in college. In October, I broke up with my boyfriend, the same guy as age 16, and Flip took that as an opportunity. He would tell me he couldn't bear not seeing me, and that basically... We have to meet or it's all over. Now I didn't really have romantic feelings for him. My love for him was platonic. But I figured I'll try the romance. I'll try to love him romantically. I couldn't lose him. So I impulsively bought a plane ticket to where he lives in December. My parents had no idea and to this day still don't. I was going to go away on a Friday and come back on a Monday. The college I go to school in is in a city with an airport, so it was easy to just Uber to the airport. This romance that I'm trying to project feels real, and I genuinely felt like I loved him romantically. 
I was finally going to meet the guy I loved. Now leading up to the flight, about one to two weeks before, I started getting cold feet. I was questioning the legitimacy of my feelings and started getting on with a guy in a neighboring university. I started catching feelings for him and kissed him a day before my flight. At that point, I had already decided I didn't want to pursue Flip romantically, and I figured, hey, we've been friends for two years. When I get there, I'll tell him I only want to stay friends. Yeah, he'll be upset, but I'm sure our friendship is worth more than that, and we'll be able to have a nice, enjoyable time together. How naive I was. I decided to go on the trip anyway, thinking that maybe seeing him would reignite that fire. Upon arrival, I realized that I did not love him and I was no longer attracted to him. Regardless though, he was a close friend of mine for a very long time and whether I felt a romantic connection or not, I wanted to meet him for the sake of meeting him. Just how I would want to meet any internet friend. So it's time for the flight. It's very early and I remember sitting on the plane contemplating walking out. I really just wanted to leave and not return. I should have listened to my gut. I arrive and I go outside of the terminal. I see him sitting in his car just staring at me like a very malicious piercing stare. After a few moments, he gets out of the car. He looks... different. It's strange because we have FaceTimed and I have seen pictures of him, but he just looks... different. Kind of creepier. We hug and sit in the car, and it's awkward. I feel awkward. We make small talk and awkward jokes, and in that moment, I wanted to be back in my dorm. We go back to his apartment, and we go up to his room. We then proceed to smoke some weed, and I lay down on his bed to sleep. When I wake up, he's spooning me and trying to fondle me. I take his hands off and tell him to stop. Then I sit up and basically unload about how I don't want him romantically, only as a friend. He just starts crying and begging me to tell him I love him. I tell him I can't do that. He then stands up, drops crying, goes to the bathroom, and starts lighting stuff on fire. It smells like burning paper in the bedroom now. He comes out normally and just sits on his computer and plays games without talking to me. Now the rest of the trip is just like a combination of him being kind and normal, to him being completely evil. Here's some of the things he's done and said throughout the three days. He's made jokes about me dying. He would pretend to hit me like lunge at me and get close enough and watch as I flinched. He told me he almost sent a snap of me to my mom with a geotag of his town so that I would get in trouble. He told me he almost made me sleep in the car one night. He also told me that one night while I was sleeping, he walked over to me and started farting on me. That one's just fucking nasty.
He kept telling me to shut the fuck up when I would speak or ask questions, which he'd done multiple times in front of his roommates. He would try to fill up on me in bed, and I kept pushing his hands away, and he would keep trying and would say things like, I know you want it, you're just holding back. He once served me spaghetti and told me he purposely used a moldy spaghetti sauce, hoping that I would get sick. And he also told me that he was going to make me miss my flight home, saying he was planning to drive in the opposite direction of the airport and drop me off in the middle of nowhere. So basically I kept my cool, and when he would tell me these things, I would nod and agree and laugh with him. But I was scared shitless and wanted nothing more than to leave. So I kind of keep it cool and I spend my time trying not to upset him. Monday finally rolls around and my flight isn't until 8pm. Around 11am, he goes downstairs to leave. And in that time, I pack my bag and leave without him knowing. My plan of action is to run to the nearest shopping plaza and Uber to the airport from there. I wasn't about to Uber from his house. So as I carry out my plan, I'm almost to the end of the street, feeling free, when I feel two arms come up from behind and wrap around me. He's hugging me, mumbling something into my ear, and then turns around and dead-on sprints back down the street to his apartment. I ran to the shopping plaza, called an Uber, and got it. I felt so much relief in that moment. I felt like I was finally free. I waited at the airport with nothing to do for eight hours, but hell, it was better than being in there. I now look back and I feel like an idiot. Like I should have gone to a hotel, and I should have probably left. But I'm a broke college kid, and I was already scared shitless being here without my parents' knowledge. After I left, I blocked him on every social media outlet I have, including LinkedIn. He still has tried to contact me regularly for four months, but luckily, I never ever told him my address or anything. So, online friend of two years, let's not meet again. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. My brother has an unhealthy obsession with online vloggers. I can barely go a day without him linking me to a video of someone taking part in some sort of challenge or performing some social experiment. So, when the whole deep web mystery box trend started, I was one of the first to know. My brother must have sent me dozens of videos of annoying preteens opening up boxes filled with junk 
that they tried to pass off as creepy and sinister. When my brother asked me for my opinion, I told him that it combined all the boredom of an unboxing video with all the stupidity of the Tidebox challenge. I added that most of them were probably making the boxes themselves. Even I could do it. And that's when the wheel started turning. A quick search confirmed that this was a growing trend with hundreds of people claiming to have opened up boxes containing everything from drugs to murder weapons to mysterious flash drives. Some vloggers even claimed that they had spent thousands of dollars on a single mystery box. Those were obviously fake, but what about the rest? Were there really people out there who would spend at least $100 for the chance to go viral? I bet that they would, and unfortunately, I was right. Putting the boxes together was easier than expected. I had some cardboard boxes stuffed in my closet that turned out to be the perfect size for the job. Some rusty screwdrivers proved perfect as my murder weapons. My desk drawer offered up a surprising number of old flash drives that I made mystery box ready by filling them with as many creepy videos as I could download. Finally, some expired sinus tablets provided me with some mysterious deep web drugs once I had peeled the labels off. Getting the website set up on the deep web was a little harder, but you can find an online tutorial for anything these days. By the time I was ready to go to bed, I was the proud owner of the Emporium of Mysteries. For $50 worth of Bitcoin, anyone could be the proud owner of a mystery box. Sure, the site looked like it had come straight out of the early 90s, but it was good enough. I was in business. The next morning, I went looking for customers. Fortunately, my brother's messages had made me very familiar with the online vlogging community. I messaged a few of the smaller channels with some burner accounts I made and left a few comments on their latest videos. You should do a deep web unboxing video. You know it would be really cool? Unboxing something from the deep web. I bet you'd get millions of views. I heard about this new place on the deep web called the Emporium of Mysteries. They sell mystery boxes there. You should check them out. Then, all I had to do was sit back and wait. By the end of the day, I had six purchases. Not much all put together, but enough to help put food on the table. By the end of the afternoon, I had the boxes ready to ship. I wasn't looking to scam these people after all. They got to make their stupid videos and I got to eat. Everybody was happy. I sold a few more over the next few weeks, but eventually, interest died down and life went on. My brother sent me more stupid videos and I gradually forgot about my time as a deep web merchant until last Friday. When I got home from work, there was a package waiting for me outside my apartment door. When I picked it up and examined it, I realized that it was one of my mystery boxes. It looked like it had an unhappy customer. 
but it wasn't like they were getting their money back. I took it inside and opened it up. It was empty, save for a flash drive that I didn't recognize. I was curious what was on it, but I wasn't about to let some disgruntled hacker infect my computer, so I dug out an old laptop that I hardly used anymore and plugged it in. It was full of pictures. Pictures of my hometown, of my apartment, of me. Whoever sent this to me had been following me, had been inside my home. Staring at those pictures, I started to realize just how fucked I really was. You see, not everything you find on the deep web is fake. There are some people out there who do sell real mystery boxes, and they are tired of scammers like me taking away their profits. Thankfully, they are very generous people and want to give me a second chance. So, I am proud to announce that the Emporium of Mysteries is under new management. Now, for the same low price, you will receive a genuine mystery box. It will include a special tool from my new partner's personal collection, along with a video instructing you in its use, co-starring myself. The body part or organ extracted during the video will also be included as a special memento. Supplies are limited, so so search us out on the deep web as soon as possible. We look forward to your business. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.